We need hope. And things are changing so fast and so how can you have hope? Hope that lasts. How can we build our life? How can we build our hope on something that remains, that cannot be moved? God had already the plan to send Jesus to bring us hope, to bring us life, and we can trust him. He wants to help us in every circumstances, no matter how uncertain the season is. We need hope. And you know, when I look in the last few weeks, we had this crazy flood like 10 days ago or what, it was like a regular rainfall in the, or a, a, a maximum rainfall in the last 100 years would have been 34 millimeters of rain and we had like 200 millimeters in some regions. And, and things are changing so fast and so how can you have hope? Hope that lasts, how can you be sure of the hope that is in you. Like I built a bridge uh, in the beginning of in the spring and, the, and there was some major flooding after the bridges lasted well. I was hoping they would remain. But with this huge rainfall, the bridge, including the cribbing on the side, were pushed away because my hope was not built on something solid. And I think that's the, the message today. How can we build our life? How can we build our hope on something that remains, that cannot be moved? And the song came to my mind, my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And you know, Jesus is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And when we build our hope in him, when we build our lives on him, we are on the solid rock. And our, our hope will not be uh, in vain. Because before the foundation of the earth, Jesus was already, God had already the plan to send Jesus to bring us hope, to bring us life. And we can trust him. He wants to help us in every circumstances, no matter how uncertain the season is. Like even with the pandemic or the heat dome last year, it was so many things that could oppress us. And sometimes I really feel I need to just turn the, the news, the information off and, and just focus on the scriptures. And, uh, and today we're going to read in Romans and Colossians and, uh, and uh, other places and and. Uh, and those scriptures, you know, maybe maybe Paul wrote them down, but they, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and and He had you and me in mind. And so when we listen, when we listen to that word, when we think about that, and let's take it as from Jesus Himself speaking into our lives. And and they're gonna start start today in Romans six, verse three to six. And I want to just read through it. And what, I'm using the Passion Translation. I love different translations. They all did an amazing job trying to understand the, 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 the old languages. And, 
And when you read different translations, you sometimes get a little bit of better insight in what the Holy Spirit really meant. But he is the teacher. And so we want to just invite Holy Spirit. We just ask you to come, speak to us, give revelation, bring us to new levels of glory, of experiencing your presence in our life, and also sharing that life that's in us with others in Jesus' name. So Romans 6 Verse 3, and it starts, Have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed in union with Christ, the Anointed One, were immersed into union with his death? He starts, Have you forgotten? And see, that's why we keep reminding ourselves, and a lot of times when when we, when we preach Jesus, when we preach this gospel, it seems like, oh yeah, I heard that before, but I sense today God wants to give us real revelation. If we really would understand who we are in Christ, what Jesus did on the cross, if we really would have a revelation of it, then suddenly there would be such a passion, such a life, an infusion of his divine grace in our lives, that prayer would be something we need, we want to do, and it wouldn't be hard to get off the couch and turn the TV off and, and get involved in the heavenly things, right? But uh, often we are we get complacent because we lose this freshness, this revelation and this passion. So I read on in first chapter 6, verse 4, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. So we are buried with him, we died with Jesus, our old man, our sinfulness, everything from the past was buried with him and we were raised to life. And it's interesting to see because this dying happened 2,000 years ago. We weren't alive, but see, in God's mind, for him, time means nothing. He lives outside of time. And so in his mind, and we want to learn to think the way God thinks, in his mind, we were already buried with Jesus. We died with him. So when we look at the resurrection, we want to see us in Christ, dying with him and be coming to new life in him. You know, for the world, that may seem like an illusion, you know, like I was listening to a, to a study just a few days ago about mental health. And, um, and they were just studying people with mental health issues and healthy people, mentally healthy people. And they realized that depressed people had actually were more in touch as average with reality than the, the mental, mentally healthy people. They were really puzzled by that because... You would think that somebody that's depressed is, you oh, they're just having negative thoughts. But what they figured out is they are so aware of realities, of the fears, the uncertainty, and all that, where mentally healthy people would probably more like go, oh, it will be okay, oh, somehow it will turn out, right? And, and, uh, and so we are not living in an illusion, but we have an eternal hope. We are connecting with a God who is outside of time, who is greater than any problems that can ever come. 
No matter what comes, God always will be there for us. Jesus always will be our provider. He will always be our healer. He will be the one that protects us if we let him. He will always be the guide in the dark times, the light. When we go, when it, when we go through darkness, he will be our light. And so we're not living necessarily in an illusion, but we live in that place where no matter what comes, God will find a way. He can cause rivers of water in the desert. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. So first five, we, I read on. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience the dead like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? See, our old identity was a sin nature. There was a in, in us this sin nature, and and we we look at ourselves as dead. That sin nature is de deprived of its power, for we were co-crucified again. We were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us, so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. So Jesus, he dealt with the sin problem. There is no sin problem for you and me anymore if you are united to Jesus. The only problem we are having is an unrenewed mind, unrenewed mind. We have to renew our mind and believe what God says. And so often circumstances Things in life will teach us, oh, sin is still alive in you. The craving of this old nature is still alive in you. And we doubt the word of God. We don't believe that sin is actually dead. And we can now live in newness of life. And so when, when our, our believing is challenged by, by what we see, then, then we are ending up in problem. So summing up this whole passage, I want to bring it to, I was crucified with Jesus. I died with Jesus and I, I was resurrected with him. And now my life is hidden in him. I am seated with him in heavenly places. See, verse 11 in uh, Romans 6 is a beautiful illustration of that. It says, so let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually view yourself as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Christ. So the other translation says, count yourself dead to sin or consider yourself dead. So it's something to, that maybe it doesn't look like it. It doesn't appear sometimes, but you say, no, I agree with God. I'm dead to sin. And, and as we renew our mind to those realities, we will see more and more the effects of it. If you get a revelation of this, you will see the crucifixion with other eyes. You will see yourself dead in Christ Jesus. And let's play this through in our mind a bit more. For, for, let's say if you have an unloving action, you, something goes wrong and you diminish someone or you know it's sin, you know it's, it was wrong, right? Do you now want to go and crucify your flesh? Do you now want to, uh, you know, like work a bit harder? 
or do you consider yourself dead? See, what I feel in, in my mind, what I saw is that, that if, if I try to do it in my own strength, if I try to crucify my sinful nature, and there, there is no faith involved. But if I take the truth of God's inspired word and I agree with it and say, okay, in spite of what I see right now, what I did, I consider myself dead to that. Yes, I repent. I may go and make things right. I ask for forgiveness if I hurted somebody. But in my eyes, I see myself dead to sin. And so Galatians 5, 24, 26 is uh, saying it a little bit in, in a similar way. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. So again, it's that reminding. Keep that in mind. In spite of what you see, see yourself crucified with Christ because that's where faith comes in. You don't walk by sight, by what you see, feel, or experience. You walk by what God says is true. And, by, and the truth is you have. If you were baptized into Jesus, you have been crucified. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another, for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value, value of others. See, if you belong to Christ, then you are, then you have been crucified. To the, you, you're dead to sin. Because we are united with Jesus, and that's the key. We are united with Jesus. See, I often in the past, I see myself, when I read scriptures, with, with okay, if you belong to Jesus, then the, the flesh is crucified. And I would read at that passage, and I would say, okay, maybe I don't really belong to Jesus. Because it doesn't appear to me that this flesh is crucified. It doesn't look like it, right? And I would start to doubt it. And uh, when I was a young Christian, and I felt like I was looking through a window. When I read the scriptures, it felt to me I was looking through a window into the kingdom of God. And seeing how I can become. Now the, the word of God, the Bible, is, is a mirror. And when we, when we look at those promises, when we look at those realities, then it shows us who we really are through our union with Jesus. See, the law and the prophets, they were painting a picture, they, were, they, were made, they made that window to show the people that there is something they need, that on their own they can never attain to God's righteousness. The law was a tutor to bring us to Christ, Galatians 3.24 says. So it brings us to a union with Christ, but the law itself can never make us whole. And when Jesus came on the Sermon of the Mount, you have to picture the people there. They were law-abiding citizens. They knew the prophets and the law. And they felt they were quite good, quite righteous. And Jesus, he made it even harder and still kept that, that, uh, that picture, that window, I mean, 
and, and, and showing them that they, they cannot enter the way they were. He made it even, even if you only lost fully look at the woman, you have already committed adultery. So he made the law even harder, even clearer, even stronger to show them without a re, re, uh, rebirth, without a union with Christ, with the living word of God, there's no chance. But then in Jesus, once you come to Jesus and you get connected to him, then you are inside. Not looking from the outside in through a window. You are inside and when we open the scriptures, we want to see it as a mirror. It shows us who we are. It shows us who Jesus is, right? And, and uh, that's the beauty of the new covenant. See, now in my union with Christ... When I read the Bible, it, it, it encourages me. Even if it convicts me of areas in my life that need change, I don't see myself on the outside looking in. No, I go to Jesus and say, Jesus, keep working on me. Thank you that I'm in you. Thank you that I am safe, that your image will be produced in me as I hold on to you, as I walk with you. As you, Jesus, hold on to me, because that's, it's, we didn't find God, he found us, right? He revealed himself to us. No one can come to the Father unless the Father draws him. He was drawing us. Before, while we were yet sinners, he drew us to himself. And the whole subject about this being crucified with Jesus, being one in his dead, and being dead to sin, is repeated again in Colossians 2, and so let's go there. Colossians 2, 12 to 14. Thank you, Jesus. So, for when, for we've been buried with him into his dead. See, the same thing repeated again. It, it's so important. That's why it's being repeated again and again. We were buried with him into his dead. Our baptism into dead also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. And see, that's the key, believed. That we believe what God says, that we accept it and receive it. The power that raised him from this dead realm. So we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from the dead realm. This same power is at work in us. This realm of dead describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp. But now we've been resurrected out of the realm of dead. Never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. That's who we are. That's who we are in Jesus. New people. And uh, I, I read actually uh, Colossians 2, 12 to 14. Let's just go to Colossians 3, 1 to 6 as well. It's beautiful. Or maybe Colossians 2, 21st. For we were included in the death of Christ and have died with him to the religious system. See, again, we were... Dead. We are dead to sin and dead to the religious system. The system that demands that we perform better, that we try harder, that actually, that actually puts us in bondage. Sin uh, is, um, is empowered by the law. And when we get this law mentality, the Galatians, Paul, Paul says, who has bewitched you? Because they, they started with Jesus, they trusted Jesus, and then 
slowly they went back into that performance under that religious structure. You have to do this, you have to do there better. And, 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 and it wasn't based on that relationship, that loving, romantic relationship you have with Jesus that draws us into that union, into that experiencing of his grace where sin loses its power and from the inside out we want to do what is right. And so, so Jesus is drawing us back into that. So I want to read verse 20 again. You were, you were included in the death of Christ and have died with him to the religious system and powers of this world. Don't retreat back to being bullied by the standards and opinion of religion. See, we feel otherwise it's never good enough. And no wonder if we, if we fall under that, we, it feels like hard to pray. Because then prayer becomes a duty, it becomes a religious performance instead of a love romance. And you know, when we learn to pray with Jesus and we see the answers, we see how things start shifting, how the atmosphere changes and other peoples are touched and in our lives the beauty of Jesus is revealed more and more, prayer becomes almost addictive. It becomes something that's beautiful that we want to do and, 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 and we are drawn in. See, sin loses its power because our mind is now renewed to the word of God. Colossians 3, 1 to 6, I believe is the last passage I want to read. And um, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. Feast on all the treasures. You know, don't, don't uh, feast on the do's and don'ts, but feast on the heavenly realm. And fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural life. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. You are one with him in his glory. In, in, in John, in the letter of John, he says, as he is, as Jesus is now, so are we in this world. You are now with him in his glory. But it also says it's not fully revealed. Sometimes it doesn't look like it. Sometimes your actions don't line up with what you really are. But stay united, stay connected, stay in that love relationship with Jesus and his grace empowers you and motivates you to, to do things that are good for you and for others and for the kingdom. See, the big question is, do I believe that I am dead to sin? Or do I believe because I see evidence that I still have this yearning for sin and do I believe that was na that natural realm? Or do I believe the heavenly reality? See, don't judge your standing by your performance. See, your performance is maybe still a little poor in some areas. But judge your performance by your standing. You're standing in Jesus. You're seated with him. You're washed by the blood of the Lamb. 
You are a new creation. You're loved. You're forgiven. You're pure. The love of Jesus is in you. And you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you, that anointing. Today is a new day, a new beginning. All things have passed. Receive the love of Jesus. Receive the abundance of grace, that divine influence, that power from God that helps you to do what is right. Receive a new passion. Father, I ask for a new passion in our lives. To live in union with Jesus, to enjoy that union, expose anything that hinders, any unloving thoughts, any, any misconceptions of your love and your goodness. Father, would you just expose it and break it? Because nothing can separate you from the love of Christ that is in Jesus. Be blessed. Have a good week. God be with you. Amen.